Welcome to the Fearless Happiness Podcast, where we showcase phenomenal individuals who have overcome serious traumas, life obstacles, and challenges to find their own path to fearless happiness. Listen as Max Nace invites guests from all around the world to share their experiences and spread strength, hope, and faith. This is the Fearless Happiness Podcast, and this is is Max Naist. All right. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you are in this world <laughs> today. This is Max from the Fearless Happiness Podcast. And today I have a very, very special guest. She's a best-selling author. She's, she's written four books. She's, she's editing her next book. And she's just an all-around amazing human being. Uh, I call her Terry. She told me I call her TK. It doesn't matter. But Terry... What I like to do is have you introduce yourself to the audience, like who you are, what it is exactly that you do. And then, as I like to say, you and I are going to rock and roll. Oh, I love it. I love it. Okay. I am facing now my 74th chapter of my life. That is how I don't age. I just go through chapters. So (laughs) I'm very excited at this point to approach the next chapter of my life with all these empty pages that I get to to fill because of the uncertainty. And for the first time in my life for a long time, I'm able to embrace uncertainty. And my life has just been so turbulent. I'm, I can't even remember a time when it wasn't. But as I look back and I have learned to reframe my past, I am able to look back on it with a totally different perspective, how many times I have caused what has happened to me in certain uh, circumstances where, gee, I must have been walking around with victim on my forehead, you know, and we get what we attract, you know, all that that's out there, the law of attraction. Um, And so I, when I went through my life's journey, and I've got these huge whiteboards in my office, so I was scribbling down all these events of my life, and then it came to me. There was four major milestones in my life that I can look at that made me who I am today, and one of them is when I was in my 30s, I was in a very abusive relationship, almost like a Charles Manson type person had kept me hostage and how yeah I had a definitive moment where I actually walked in with a rifle and said you might as well kill me now or just let me walk out the door so I was able to walk out the door you know (laughs) boy that was that was frightening and then looking looking at that and then looking at what you and I were talking about earlier one morning Close to the age of 40, I woke up and I thought, hmm, boy, what a loser I am. All my fears have overcome my life. Do you re- I can't drive a car. I'm afraid to do this. I'm afraid to do that. I pick losers in my life. And look at me in the mirror. Men my age are going for the young babes. They don't want somebody like me. And what have I got to offer? Nothing. So then that's when I decided to go back to school. But that was a whole different story because I fell into the wrong class and <laughs> continued I continued on. And then, of course, graduating valedictorian with my uh, master's degree. And then my third milestone was in 2018, where I thought I had everything together. 
So I got my beautiful home up in Paradise, California. My fiance had a major heart attack going up there. Then we get up there. My mother falls, breaks her hip up in Canada. I'm up there for three months looking after her. Come back, go to work. Poof, the whole town burns down on me. So I had to escape on a school bus with kids. So oh, that wow. incident, of course, changed my life. And then just last year, diagnosed with a uh, aneurysm, which was about to burst, which changed my perspective once again about life. So. Wow. So <laughs> you've been through a lot, Terry. You you know what I mean? Yeah. And Man, so I just like for me, I'm thinking, okay, where do we begin, right? Some of these challenges she has faced. <laughs> um, and you've been through some very, unless, especially, well, all of them, but the last two, right? I heard about the Paradise Fire, which destroyed the whole area, correct? Mm -hmm. and, just, and left everybody pretty much homeless. They lost everything. And that was recent, right? Like in the last few years? That was in two, November the 8th, 2018. So I that's what I thought. So and and then being diagnosed with an aneurysm and thank God they caught it, right? Were they able to to correct it, to fix it? Well, it was it was quite interesting because I'd been suffering with massive headaches and excuse me, seeing double. And I was told just to get these glasses with prisms that would fix everything. I'm going, no, no, there's something wrong here. I'm fed up with the medical system anyway. I've got to fight for something's wrong with my body. And so finally, I had a doctor who said, "Ooh, you need to go in for an MRI. So I did. And they said, you've got an aneurysm that's ready to burst. And so that got me into writing articles. I had a coiling system. So I'm privileged to have all these little coils in my brain. But I wrote an article called, I Ain't Crazy, It's All in My Head. Um, advising people to take care of their bodies, be aware of changes, and fight for, for everything. So it's everything that's happened to us. We've got to reframe it and go, what did I get out of this? The fire? My mantra is, I lost everything to gain everything. And I, I use that to be able to counsel other people, not to be victims, but to be survivors. Right. And that's like some of the sayings I've heard, right? My life is is falling apart so it could be brought back together or something like that. Yes. Right. Yes. And, and then that other saying where life doesn't happen to us, it happens for us, no matter what yes. we're going through, right? So through every challenge, we understand we need, I like to say, at least I need to understand that. There's a reason I'm going through that challenge, right? There's a lesson I probably need to learn, and then I'm going to get through it. And then I'm going to come out, if I learn that lesson, better than ever before, right? There's something I've learned, something I need to, I can share with the world and right, become a better human being, right? Because isn't that our purpose? That Well, I like to say, isn't that like God's purpose for us to become better human beings every day and try to help our fellow, you know, fellow human beings to do the same? Right. So Thank you've been you. right. You've been through a lot. And, you know, we could go back as far as you want um, or not, whatever. But I always like to ask, like, like in your when you were younger, right, in your childhood, what were some of the challenges that you faced then? Right. 
Because obviously when you went through that relationship where you you knew it was time to get out, things just don't happen by coincidence. Oh, no, 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 no. Like what are some of the things, you know, good and bad that you went through in your childhood that personally, right, that brought you to where you are today. And then we can talk about business and stuff like that. And, you know, how you decided I'm going to be an author, right? And and stuff like that. So what are some of the challenges you, you remember the most early on? Okay, that brought me to my third book that I wrote. Again, being a sociologist, I taught a lot about how we grow up and all the influences on our life. We've got our primary group, which is our parents, our family. We've got education, uh, church. We've got friends, culture, society. And so instead of teaching you know, the intellectual verbiage with that, I decided to write my book called Untie the Knot, N-O-T, in Cannot, how we've been socialized to believe we can't do things. So I wrote the book about myself in third person, how my mother, oh my God, she was just the most beautiful creature that walked the earth wanted me to be beautiful everything had to be doing about appearance but there was me my hair was always frizzy i was a tomboy clumsy i i just didn't fit in my father was the high school principal uh, just an absolute genius expected me to get straight a's but i'm old now they didn't have attention deficit in those days <laughs> right but i swear that that's what I had and always was kind of the outsider. I stuttered. I had grandiose dreams of being a writer, of being famous, but not knowing how to do it. Always having nightmares um, and just sabotaging what I was doing. I mean, I was just, I, I was highly intelligent, but not emotionally intelligent. And I, like I say, I never fit in. I was always on the peripheral of society. And then I'd have teachers that say, oh, you can't draw, you know, you're a failure. And so I had dreams. Here was my dream. I was going to go on the Johnny Carson show, or in those days, it was the Jack Parr show. And they were going to say, well, what are you here for, Terry? And I'd say, I am so famous. I can't do anything. I can't draw. I can't <laughs> dance. I can't do sports. (laughs) I can't sing like my friends. You know, all those overt abilities. So I just went through life just being a victim. And I didn't have the advantages of getting any counseling. So my whole life, I I went through books. Remember the the 1960s, all the how-to books. Um being number one and and all these all these great books thinking i'll find my recipe for success on page 23 of course there were none right but it took me i'm a slow learner okay it took me until i was 40 (laughs) to go you know things have got to change this is too painful for me like you with you know with drinking or whatever all of a sudden there comes that definitive moment where i've had enough Okay. Yeah. Right. And that moment is, and I think it's not just for, for drugs and alcohol, right? It's any point in your life where you get to that point where you go, I'm tired of being sick and tired. It's time 
to change, right? And as bad as we feel at those moments, right? Like that's our bottom. It's probably the best thing that ever happened to us, right? Because then now we get to, I heard something. Uh, I was watching this short video and, and tell me, I want to get your thoughts on it, right? And it was a guy interviewing some old school gangsters, right? Some Samoans that live in LA, right? That used to be hardcore gang members, but now are, <laughs> are changed their lives, right? They've Most of them have done 20 plus years in prison. Now they're out and they're trying to be better human beings, right? By sharing God's word or, you know, uh, trying to uh, help the youngsters, you know, gang prevention and stuff like that, right? <clears throat> and this guy, one of the uh, the main guys that he was, that was being interviewed said, I used to believe that I was a product of my environment. He goes, but I realize now I'm a product of my decisions, right? And the decisions I've made <clears throat> over my lifetime, right? And now, right, even though I'm older, I get a second chance to make better decisions. And, and then now, you know, like us, help people and 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 try to be different. Um, so like when you growing up, right, you you shared. Like, I felt like that, but that's just because I was like the second youngest of seven, right? And my five older siblings were already out of the house doing their thing, right? Mm -hmm. My mom and dad had divorced when I was young, and it was me and my little brother and my mom. And, you know, sometimes I thought it was it was a curse and a gift, right, to look so much like my dad. Because I remember sitting in the car with my mom one time, and she reached over and, like, hit me upside the head. And I was like, what's that for? <laughs> Cause you look like your dad. So you just, cause you look like your dad so much. I'm like, well, I'm, I'm sorry. Right. But you get what I'm getting, uh, getting at. So yes, like share yes. with the audience, like those shifts that you went through, um, to start making those changes, right? Like you and I, we have something called, we, we went back to get our degrees when we were older. Right. And I tell my grandchildren and I tell my children, I go, you're never too old to start learning, learning something new. So, what was that moment like for you when you said, okay, things are going to change for me, right? You already kind of shared about the relationship, but like in your other areas of your life, when you knew it was time to change. Yeah. Well, going back to school, that was absolutely hilarious. Uh, like as I say, I didn't drive. There I was going on 40, but I did find a class at a local college, which was uh, for creative writing. So I thought, oh, oh, great. This is a summer class. I'm going to be a writer. I get my chance. So I had the man I was living with had two um, special needs children. Um, they both have fetal alcohol syndrome, which I took under my wing. And so he drove me out to the college and I was just petrified. I hadn't stopped the car twice because I had to throw up. I get into the <laughs> classroom and to my horror, there's no place to sit except right in the middle. Well, there I was with all these young people. So I'm going over and I'm sitting down and realize it's the wrong class. It's a basic English class teaching you punctuation, which I could have done in, in sixth grade. But of course, if I left the room, everybody's going to stare at me, right? You know, right. this old lady <laughs> out of the room. So halfway through this six-week course, I thought, I might as well sit there. I've got nothing else to do. So she was, the professor was doing the comma rule on the board and she went, tomorrow, comma, tomorrow, comma, tomorrow. And out of my mouth came, 
Tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow creeps in this petty pace from day to day to the last syllable of recorded time. And then I just slunk right into my seat. You know, there I was quoting <laughs> Macbeth. <laughs> and she took me aside and saw something in me. She saw this, this light and she says, I'm taking you over to the counselor right now. And we talked about being a reentry student and how the history professors love us because we've been there, you right. know, and we've experienced the history. And so then with my quirky sense of humor, we were, it was homecoming time. So there was so much apathy in the college regarding it. And I said, well, why don't we do a homecoming for grandpas and grandmas? And so we started that. And I started a group called the Rascals, the Reentry uh, Returning Adult Students Club and Learning Society. Oh, and then checking out other students and whatever. But, you know, but it was the imposter complex that we have that every time I went into a new class, I kept saying, well, Terry Banner, what are you doing in this class? You don't belong here. And I really didn't even get my confidence till I got up into the master's degree because I just didn't want to quit. I actually got addicted to education and, right. and helping people. And it was just, and having the education to help people, helping older people graduate, counseling people, Oh, what an exhilarating experience. And I'm still doing it now. I, I just, it's such a high. Right. See, and that's, I love that, right? You found your passion. You found your purpose, yeah. right? And that's helping older uh, people graduate college. Wish I would have found you when I went to college. Cause I remember yeah. when I signed up, right? <laughs> the first three classes, of course, were easy and i'm like oh this college thing's not that hard and then i got that fourth class that was hard and i share this all the time and it was like my eyes got big and i was like oh <laughs> what did i get myself into right mm -hmm. but it was one of those things i'm so grateful i did right because i actually did online right and worked full time so it was really good practice for me to, to practice self-discipline and Right. Commitment. And because, right, you don't do your work, you're going to get a bad grade and then you're just the bill's going to go up, but you got nothing to show for it. Right. Because you got to keep taking classes over and over. Um, but it was something I just I was adamant about doing just like you. I was like, I need to change. Something needs to change. Uh, I need to do this for me that because I, you know, to be honest, I was not the greatest high school student at all. Right. Because I was more right. I would mm -hmm. do great for sports. But then. You know, when sports are over, it's okay. I'll do good, just good enough so I can make it to the parties on the weekend and do my thing with my friends. And right, it wasn't, but I learned like, like you, like the older I get, the better I get. Right. Instead of like some people, you might know, like I see some people getting older and it's like they start giving up already. Wow, I'm getting older. I don't need to do that. To me, it's like bring on the challenge. Let's, Let's do this, right? And see where this takes me and what I can learn. And then in turn, help somebody else in the, in the same process, right? And um, I, I just love this, your story so far, right? So when, what was the name of your first book? My name of my first book and my second book were both books about the fire. It was, I okay. am um, a Phoenix Rising from the Ashes. 
and that's that's the first book and it's it's about my experiences with the fire and it came out of my journal writing of my nightmares and everything from oh. from the fire and the whole mantra of i had to lose everything to gain everything and then the second book goes into a little bit more about it and it's the burning embers of of paradise oh you know and I I'm going to have to get those books because that's funny that you say that, right? I have the a Phoenix that covers my whole arm, right? Oh, well, I'm, yeah. You know, like, cause I believe that I, I always, ever since I got sober, I'm like, I feel like the Phoenix that rises from the ashes, right? Like he's renewed. He gets to do whatever uh, he puts his mind to, or she puts his mind to. And for a long time I wanted it. And then my wife surprised me with the birthday presents that start getting oh, that's it done. I love it. You know, yeah, and it's yeah, who we were, like who I was before the fire is buried in those ashes. Right. You know, I to to that person and just this whole new being. And you know what the irony of everything is? Okay, going back to uh you watched that video about being a product of your beliefs. Here's one that here's the irony of learning that when I lost everything and I can go out and do anything I want now because I've got nothing to lose. The irony is I had nothing to lose before anyway. Right. You know, my belief system and it is, it's a paradigm shift of, of how we believe and how we view ourselves and everything boils down to perspective how we perceive, and you've heard this more often too, it's not the event that causes the stress, it's how we perceive it that that causes distress. Absolutely, and that's what's funny when you, you just, so I gotta tell you, I learned from my mentors and my sponsor in the program of AA, right? Like we have a disease of perception, right? It's how we perceive things, right? I can either, I can either tell you, you know what, Terry, the glass is half full or it's half empty, right? But I believe I played that, like you said, that victim role, right? Where everything was half, it's already gone. Why even do it? You know, I'm too old or, you know what I mean? Like, and what you said too kind of lends into that belief that we're, our past does not define us, but there are events that happen in our lives that do define us. What I mean by that is it changes our perspective or how we perceive things, right? Like you, for instance, the fire, right? It's not just one event, right? Because you go through what happened and then even the after aftermath, right? When you go back and you realize like, like you said, everything is gone and right. I, I can't imagine. And my heart goes out to you to go through something like that because I've actually long time ago, I used to be a volunteer fireman and I've been on wildland fires where i've been in neighborhoods matter of fact i i worked i was a volunteer during the laguna fires and one of the mm. one of the things that have stuck in my brains mm. forever is going on to a block where one house did what the fire department said right and cleared the brush everything else was down to the foundation so mm -hmm. you know that feeling like i don't have to tell you but i was just like oh wow people are going to come home to this and you know what I mean? And I, I remember like, I got choked up to think just, I can't imagine cause there's pictures and just, you know, memories. 
But I love what you say, though. You lost everything to gain everything, right? Yes. Yes. So, so this has been great so far. Like, so, you know, you talked about a relationship where the guy your was toxic. You know, the your partner was abusive. Um, and you did what you had to do, right, to get out of it. And you finally realize, like, I can't stay in this. So you either you're going pretty much what you told me uh, as you're going or I'm going one of the two. You either mm -hmm. let me go or this is not going to end pretty. Right. Um, and then you was that before the fires? Oh, that, yeah. This was way back when I was when I was in my 30s. Oh, OK. Yeah. And then then you go through the fires. Right. And. Yeah. Like, I'm trying to think because. You know, I'm trying to put myself in your place and what would I do? Who knows? I might not be as strong as you. You know what I mean? <laughs> Losing. But at the same time, I think, you know, go ahead. Okay. But sometimes you, you don't have a choice. Okay. The fire happened. Go. So all of a sudden that evening, it, imagine if you will, I was going into Walmart to pick up my underclothes, a toothbrush. Yeah, you know, uh, right. hairbrush, the toiletries, and you hold up this little bag, and you go, "This is all I have in the in in the world." And then two days later, sitting in a restaurant, knowing that my home was gone, it's it's completely gone. But something galvanized me. Don't ask me what. Even though I was with my fiance, he shut down. You know, he couldn't deal with it. So I said, okay, drive me to Best Buy. Let's pick up a laptop. Picked up the laptop, started the insurance process the day after the fire and just got galvanized to, to do something and to refuse to be a victim. And then when I wrote the book, I found a map. What one thing that really helped me was I wanted to know where all of this went to who were displaced by the fire. So I found this beautiful map of the United States with all these little red dots across the country that showed where the victims were. And it makes you realize, don't take it personally. It isn't about me. This affected thousands of yes. people. Right. And it affects people in tornadoes. And that galvanized me to help out, um, you know, to counsel other people and take my books with me. And you keep using the word disease. And it's really interesting. I'm Sedgeway here, but <laughs> I've got my own website, tkbanner.com. And I'm starting a blog because I'm really concerned about aging people, like as you said, who have either given up or they're facing their empty days. And I'm trying to work with them and I'm saying, okay, I've heard your complaints where you're depressed. Right. And so you've got a disease, it's D-I-S hyphen E-A-S-E, -E, not right. a disease that we think about and looking at something's not right, something's off with us. Hooray, let's celebrate because now you're aware and now you can do something about it and trying to get people to do something with their lives. So I've got all kinds of things on my web, how I take nature walks, exercise every morning and oh, do different things and trying to 
again, still helping people out. And I've been finding all these people who are in their 80s and 90s, they're taking up writing poetry, being artists, writing books. And I call them thrivers. They're aging with gusto. And oh, to be a part of that is just, oh, I, I can't explain it to you how wonderful it is. But it's up to me to have my voice to encourage people to get in with that also. Absolutely. And I say disease, right? But you're right. I It was broken down to me that I was in dis-ease, right? So right. something yes. was bothering me and I had to figure that out. And, you know, and thank God for the people that helped me when I first got sober. Oh, yes. You know, because, you know, especially my sponsor, I mean, he he was he's such a kind and gentle soul. He never like pointed his finger and said, Max, you got to do this or you're going to die or, you know, that kind of stuff. <laughs> like you hear uh, he was like, hey, this is how I did it. This is how we're going to do it. And, and it's up to you to either follow, you know, take my suggestion or not. I'm not going to tell you what to do. But that that man has been my sponsor for almost 20 years. And, and you know, he's never oh, wonderful. You know, he's never left my side. He's one of the few people that know me inside and out. Right. All my deepest, darkest secrets to all my wins. And and I think we all need people like that. Right. A mentor or something like what you're doing with people. Yes. Um, Because and I believe it a lot. We, we are not defined by our past. Right. Things no. happen for a reason. Uh, like they say, people come into our lives for a season and or some people are there for a lifetime. And uh, the experiences we get to go through, like yourself, right, can either make us or break us. Right. And I have and the honor. It's of, how we leave them. Yes. Right. And, and yeah. I have the honor of sitting here with you because it it made you a better human being. Right. You could have chose to stay the victim or become a victim or whatever. Right. But you were like, <laughs> not me today. Um, so let me ask you a few questions. It, you mentioned it, right? So if there are people in my audience that say, oh, I really love Terry. Like, how can I work with her? Where can they find you, Terry? Mainly on, on tkbanner.com. Like okay. as I said, I've got my books on there. I've got all the articles that I've written for magazines to help out people. And now I'm doing a blog, but geez, I would love it to be an interactive blog for people to write in and go, okay, I'm retired, but you know what? I had all these aspirations, but now I fell by the wayside. Now I'm discouraged. Okay, well, I'm there for you. I've been there. I've done that. Right. I want to be able to, to help you. You know, awesome. and so yeah, it it's so important to 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 have that. Absolutely, always good to know that there's people like for me. I I looked up admirable. How do you say admirably and with a lot of respect to the men and women who came before me in AA, right? Like the people that I gravitated to because. They walk the walk and they talk the talk, just like you you do yourself, right? So if you hear that audience, right, tkbanner.com, reach out to her. But we're not done yet because I like to ask you some of my questions now. So I wrote a book later in life and I wrote it and it's called Same as My Podcast, Fearless Happiness. So I like to ask my guest, TK or Terry, uh, what does fearless mean to you? 
And how does that show up in your life on a daily basis? I tell you, <laughs> that word just brought goosebumps to me. I mean, I resonate to that because of I was brought up with fears, fear of the dark, fear of speaking, because, gee, I always stuttered. So being fearless, which I really do think I am now, not all the way there yet because we're works in progress, but if I want something bad enough, like when I had to go to school to teach, I had to overcome my fear of speaking. And now being on podcasts, you talk about fear because it's not rehearsed. It's all spontaneous. Here I am and all my glory. That is being fearless when you're so afraid of something, but you know you have to help somebody else out. Got to do it. Absolutely, I got to do it. That that that's mine. It like as I say, that's that's my word. Thank you. Awesome, I love it. That's such a great definition. So my next question is going to be happiness, right? As you see, I put a Y in it. Yes, I spelled it wrong on purpose. <laughs> um, <laughs> I but knowing I put the Y, happy. right? Full of happy. Right, <laughs> exactly. And knowing I put the Y in there. What does happiness mean to you and how does that show up in your life? Okay, I have wound myself around that word for, for so many years. Happiness to me has always been contingent. If I get this job, I will be happy. If I win this game, I'll be happy. If I don't win, God forbid, I won't be happy. So. I'm looking at the word joy because joy is an all-encompassing word. I am filled with it. And if ever I get depressed, I turn on YouTube to find something with the Dalai Lama and listen to that man giggle. And when he laughs, his entire body just ripples. That man is the embodiment of joy. And that I resonate to joy. So awesome. I hope and, that <laughs> absolutely. Right. I get it. Right. Because if you think about it, uh, and I've had this with so many of my guests and, and other people, right. If we think of happiness can be fleeting at times, right? Like we might be happy one mm -hmm. minute, but we turn the corner, stub our toe and all of a sudden like, Oh my God, that, you know, like it's contingent. Right. Yes. But happiness, you know, over time you keep doing the things that make you happy, right? Like for me, seeing my grandkids and, and playing with my grandkids brings me such joy. And joy is lasting, joy. right? Because yes. I know as grandpa, I get to spoil them and I'm not going to get in trouble because <laughs> I get to, you know, but that's, you know, and 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 just and spending quality time with my wife or going on a walk or, or whatever, and just having a conversation to me, that's joy, right? Because it's lasting, right? Yeah. Do we have discussions? Of course, have we ever argued a little bit? But I look at it this way, that if I want to be happy, happy wife, happy life, and I'm going to get joy out of that, right? Um, 
And like doing this with you, right? Being here with you at this moment brings me a lot of joy, right? Because here I got another amazing guest on my podcast that is sharing her story um, of what she's gone through to where she is today and, and then giving some wisdom to my audience, which I love. So I appreciate that so much. But you're not quite off the hook yet before we go. There's one last question I like to ask my guests. So, TK, I love calling you TK. I love that. Uh, um, what I like to ask is, what is one piece of advice that you could give my audience that will help them grow as a human being, no matter of any age, color, greed, race, right? Well, help them grow as a human being and become a better human being. The one key word that I've got is is awareness. Um, okay, I don't know if you can see this or not, but let's see if I can. Can you see? Okay, that that's my awareness bracelet. Okay. That I train myself. You used the word a little while ago regarding your education, self-discipline. To be happy, to grow requires self-discipline, which requires awareness, 24-hour awareness. If I've got a negative thought, bing, I snap my bracelet to keep me into the positive thinking. If I want to complain about something, I snap my bracelet. It's being aware of your thoughts, aware of what comes out of your mouth, because you're, you, you become what your thoughts are. You become what your words are. And we all know we could never take back our words. Right. So growing is all about awareness, where we are, and, and keep on moving forward. I love it. That falls in line to the mindfulness that I do and practice, right? Just yes. being aware of mind, body, and spirit, right? How my body is feeling, right? How the thoughts that I'm thinking, right? Are these going to help me? Or are they going to just make me feel like I don't want to do anything or horrible? And like you said, the speaking of words, because you said it. You can say things, but you can never take it back once you say it. Right. So you have to be aware. I love that. Awareness is is so, and that's what I try to te teach the clients that I work with, you know, and um, as a substance abuse counselor is, you know, try to help them by saying, try, as you go through your week, I tell them before we meet next week, be aware of how you're feeling, what's going on through your mind and Right, how the your days are going, how you're interacting with people, so that when we meet next week, we can kind of have something to work on, right? Because of course, I get some of the young ones, right? And I say, Hey, how are you doing today? And they go, I'm good, right? I'm all right. <laughs> you're like, oh, really? Okay. So mm -hmm. you're so good that you're here in treatment, right? So <laughs> right, but it is what it is, and I try my best. And and some get it and and some are not ready yet. So they're not not in the same way on the, on their journey, and, right. and we have to realize that and right. do what we can. Yeah, absolutely right. Just meet them where they're at and do our best. Yeah, and, and help guide them. I try to never do it for them, but that was perfect. Thank you for sharing that. Well, this has been a great great time with you, Terry TK. I love <laughs> it. Either one. Um, I love the conversation we had. I think you 
shared so much with my audience. I appreciate you for being here. Again, thank you so much. So audience, if Terry made you think, if she made you go, like I say, hmm, or she made you smile, <laughs> or, you know, if she if she brought some value to you, please leave a five-star review over on iTunes so everybody can come find it. Um, and again, let's thank Terry again. Thank you for being here. And hopefully I can bring you on again when your next book comes out and we can talk about it. Oh, that. I hope so. I uh, hope so. Thank you so much for giving me this opportunity. Oh, thank you. The, I'm okay. honored that you're here. So thank you so much. So until next time, everybody, we'll see you later. Are you tired of being weighed down by life's traumas and struggles? Join the Fearless Happiness Lifestyle and let us guide you toward a brighter future. Explore our past podcast episodes and get a copy of the Fearless Happiness book to ignite your inner strength. If you or someone you love is battling addiction or facing challenges related to unresolved trauma, know that we are here for you. Visit maxnaist.org, M-A-X-N-I-J-S-T dot O-R-G, and take the first steps toward finding your fearless happiness. Thank you for listening. This has been a production of Fearless Happiness.